Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Hey friend, and welcome back to this week's episode of Your Hair Mentor podcast. I am your hair mentor, Crystal Green. And this week's episode, I'm going to talk about the big, dirty S-word, sulfates. Ew. Everywhere you look... Things are labeled sulfate-free these days. Why is that? Well, we'll dig into that in just a minute, but first, I have to fill you in on how the birthday cake was that I made, and I know I talked about that last week, so let me tell you. The cake was delicious. My son was so pumped. He was actually super pumped, and I made cupcakes to go with it, but I had a huge mom fail. And I tried the tricks. I'm so frustrated. So my cake was like horribly underdone in the middle. Granted, it was a gluten-free cake. And I know things get weird without gluten. I thought I had this pretty much dialed in. I even did the toothpick trick where you like poke it into the baked good and it comes out clean to let you know that it's not gooey in the middle. I checked it all. And when we sliced into this cake, it was straight up goo in the middle. Now, I did do a lemon curd raspberry filling between the two layers, and at first I was like, did the lemon somehow like denature the the properties of the cake or something? Like, what is going on? No, I think I just severely undercooked it, and I have no idea how that happened. I actually cooked it longer than the recipe suggested, and I even cooked it to a hotter temperature to try to adjust for altitude. Because I think in Reno, we're like 4,500 feet or something. So man, I don't know what happened, but it was (laughs) to me an epic fail. But my five-year-old was still pumped. So I am not a baker. I will stick to hair mentoring from now on. And uh, so that was exciting. In other exciting news, I don't know if you follow me on social media, but this episode is actually a day late because yesterday was 
insane. Like twilight zone weirdness. So, um, in the morning I discovered when I was getting ready to take my children to school that I had a marmot in the engine of my truck. And I don't know if you've seen a marmot before, but these suckers are huge. It's not like a mouse. It's kind of like a giant squirrel or maybe like a small beaver with a squirrely kind of tail. But this thing is massive. And I had seen it the night prior. My dogs were kind of going bananas over something at the window. And so I peeked out there and I saw this little critter like right by the tire of the truck. And I ran out there to try to like scare it away and I couldn't find it. So I was like, I guess I scared it off, whatever. No big deal. I had no idea it would do such damage. But overnight, this little thing, I don't know if it's a male or female, but um, made a nest in the engine. So I started the truck to warm it up to take my kids to school in the morning. And then when we got in, I had turned on the heater because it's cold. And uh, we got in and the entire cab of the truck smelled like burned hair. Now, I might know a thing about what burned hair smells like. And my kids are like, what is that smell? I'm like, you guys, it is 100% burned hair. And so I'm like, oh no, that little critter is dead in there somewhere. And it's like burning in the engine. Disgusting. Oh my God. So A, I had to figure out how to open the hood of my truck, which obviously there's like the little button down by your feet, which I did that. But then there's like this extra lever that needs to have the hood open. So I'm like trying to watch YouTube, figuring out how to open the hood of my truck. It's a new truck to me. So before you make fun of me, I've never done it before on this truck. It's okay. You can make fun of me. Actually, I made fun of myself after. Okay. So anyway, while I'm figuring out YouTubing, trying to figure out how to open this hood, it is like smoking and stinking. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And I figure out how to open the hood. I pop open the hood and that little critter is alive and well sitting on top of my engine block amongst piles of poop and shredded insulatory foam from my engine. She or he had eaten its way into a little nest at the top of the engine. And it like took me a few seconds to figure out what was going on. I just kind of was like, oh, oh, oh my God. And it's looking at me and it just kind of does this little like and then just like disappears into the engine. So needless to say, I was like totally shocked and I'm like freaking out now because I can't find the thing. It just like ran into something in the engine and now there's like shredded foam and plasticky pieces of stuff all over. Um, Obviously, I turned the engine off and I'm like, I don't know if it's safe to drive this thing and like where did that little critter go? Is it going somewhere where it's going to like explode if the engine's on. Cause I know those things get super hot. I think your catalytic converter is like crazy hot. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, kids keep an eye out. I want to know if it like runs off. So my kids are like in the truck peeking over, trying to figure out where this little critter is. I'm like, if it runs, I need to know where it went. And I run inside and I grab my daughter's, um, pink BB gun. It's like this tiny little cute BB gun. It's like a little red rider. You know, you'll shoot your eye out. Cause I don't know what else to do. Obviously I'm not going to like shoot my truck, but I'm thinking like if this thing tries to like run away, I want to like shoot the grass by it or something and like scare it. I don't want it to come back. Um, 
it doesn't run away. And so now I'm standing at the front of my truck with the hood popped open with a pink BB gun looking like an insane person. And one of my neighbors, um, and my kids are hanging out of the truck too, like looking around. And one of my neighbors from like a block away sees me. She's really sweet. We've only had like a hello interaction. I don't know her name or anything. And from like far away, she stops. She's on a walk with her dog and she's looking at me. And then she yells, she's like, is everything okay? And I just start laughing because I know how absolutely insane I look at this moment. And I'm like, no, there's a marmot in my truck and it's eating the engine. And so she's like, what? Anyway, long story short, it was a whole effort of the entire neighborhood. Every neighbor came by and had a suggestion and we got everything from like high pressure hoses, leaf blowers, um, obviously the BB gun was in the mix. And what ended up happening is four firefighters and animal control all had to collaborate together to like poke, jab, and like pull this critter out of my engine. I have no idea how much damage has actually been done to my engine, but so far the smoking stopped (laughs) and it still runs. So I'm going to have to take the truck in to get it looked at to make sure there's no wires that have been chewed through because, you know, like they could have chewed on a fuel line. And apparently it's really, really common for this to happen. Now, I didn't even know we had these little things in our neighborhood. I've never seen them before. I think this is our second full year here. But in like national parks, it's a huge problem with these little marmots. I heard someone else call them rock chucks. Um, So they're like these giant like rat looking things and they love to get in people's engines and chew through the lines that have coolant in them. And apparently they drink the coolant and get drunk. So they're having the time of their life and everyone else is driving away wondering why their cars are overheating. So anyway, I guess this is a PSA today of like, don't let marmots get next to your vehicles. Do whatever you can to get them away. And this marmot ended up getting taken away by animal control and dealt with. So I did not end up shooting it with the BB gun or strangling it. But let me tell you, I was borderline wanting to. (laughs) So that's a long way of telling you completely derailed my day yesterday. And so now we're having a podcast on a Thursday instead, but that's fine. It's okay. We recover, we move on. And, um, here we are. (laughs) Today's a new day. So uh, from marmots to sulfates, I don't really know if there's a good uh, segue there. So I'm just going to jump back into sulfates and go with it. Um, Okay, so this topic was brought up to me. um, Really, you know, what happens is I talk to clients, I talk to friends, I'm always talking to people about their hair problems, and it always gets me thinking. And lately, really the conversation a lot of the time ends up being that someone's got like a scalp issue or a hard water buildup issue. It just seems like it is incredibly common these days that people have problems with some sort of buildup on their hair. And so I was doing a little thinking and this thinking was happening while I was shopping in Target, which I love to do. I will admit out loud. Sometimes I just walk around aimlessly and look at pretty things. And a lot of the times I end up in the beauty aisle because I'm interested in that stuff. So I was cruising down the shampoo aisle just to, just to see what's there because they've got some, you know, kind of recognizable brands and some of the store-bought stuff these days is super aesthetically cute. And so I was like, dang, look at them with their cute packaging. And I happened to notice that 
The majority of bottles on the shelf say sulfate-free. It's like in bold letters on everything, right? Sulfate-free, sulfate-free. It's also like silicone-free and paraben-free and all these things. And I'm like, you know, how long has it been since everything that you can buy, just about, is sulfate-free? So I brought up my phone and I did a little digging and I found out that really it's been since like 2015 that there was a huge shift in the beauty industry. So back in 2010, there were some research papers that came out about the production of sulfates and how when they produce it, there's this byproduct. Um, it's a, the chemicals like dioxane something. You don't need to know that. It's irrelevant. But basically, this byproduct has been known to cause cancer. And so it was like this, uh-oh, red flag, everybody. Holy cow, are sulfates causing cancer? Are they carcinogens? And I remember the conversation back in that time was everything was like cancer concerning. That's when the talk about parabens came out and phthalates and all these things that we'd kind of been exposed to for a while and didn't understand could be harmful to us. So anyway, some some person um, with a degree said, holy cow, there's this harmful stuff that happens when you make sulfates. Well, it took a couple years for some better research papers to come out, but basically they myth busted that. And they said, you know, that thing is produced, but it is like ample amounts higher when you do it in the lab versus when someone's using it in the shower. And then the amount of it that they're exposed to is so much less that it really doesn't cause any sort of concern. So completely myth busted. But by then, sulfates had already been demonized as this like naughty thing, right? And there was already some high-end companies that were like, hey man, if we do some reformulating, we can market this as really good stuff. So they reformulated with some different um, detergents, which is what a sulfate is. It's the cleansing detergent in the product. And they made some new ones and then they could call it sulfate-free. And so it was like, oh, well, if they're doing that, then everyone needs to do it. And so then all of a sudden, all of these companies, even though sulfates were known to not be carcinogenic, everyone was still on board with getting rid of sulfates. Now, I will say um, there are some drawbacks of sulfates. So what a sulfate is, it is a a salt-like cleanser, and it is typically petroleum-based, not all the time, but a lot of the times the ingredients to make a sulfate um, are taken from petroleum products and byproducts. Sometimes it's coconut-based, whatever, but to get a sulfate, most of the time you need that. And so, you know, there's the um, environmental aspect of it where some people are like, you know, even if they're not causing cancer, like we really don't want to be supporting the petroleum companies. And so we're going to make cleansers out of different things. So there's that aspect of it too. And so, you know, there's part of me that was always like, yeah, like don't use sulfates because, um, you know, it's not great for the environment. And then the other part of it, seeing as though it is salt-like, okay, so salt has what we call an ionic charge of it. Think of it as like a battery. You know how there's a positive end and a negative end? Well, um, other products in nature can have those similar attributes. And a salt has like a negative end. And so it's going to be attracted 
to positive things. And so there's kind of a magnetic attraction that happens with salts and other ionic compounds is what we call it. And so my understanding was always that sulfates have a very, very strong ionic charge. And so what that means in your hair, hair also has ionic charges, so does hair color. And so the way I understood it is those really strong ionic charges in the sulfates can pull stuff out of your hair like hair color because of the attraction to the molecules. And so then it made sense to me like, well, why wouldn't you just use something sulfate free because it's going to be way less of a um, attractive pull with these gentler cleansers that are not sulfates. So for a long time, I've promoted sulfate-free stuff, and I do believe it to be better for keeping your color in your hair than these new generations of cleansers. But that comes with a caveat. So sulfates are very harsh. They have a very strong ionic charge. You know what they also pull out of your hair? Excess dirt and oil. They are really, really good at stripping everything clean. They pull out color molecules, they pull out natural oils, but you know what they also pull out? They also pull out chlorine buildup and copper ion buildup and calcium buildup, which are hard water things, hard water elements. What am I trying to say? Minerals. There's the word minerals. Um, So they're really good at removing everything from your hair. So now step into the the new generation of cleansers, which are not sulfate-based, which are made from gentler cleansers, um, less petroleum, they're more natural, they're coconut-based or whatever they are, Um, but they are very, very gentle. And so these new cleansers typically don't make your hair feel squeaky, squeaky clean. And I've always thought that was a positive thing because it's not interrupting the acid mantle on your skin. It's basically a fancy way of saying the protective barrier on your skin and your scalp. And so these gentle cleansers leave a little bit of your natural oils behind to make it feel soft and healthy and bouncy. And they also let your color last longer because they're not stripping it out. Even if you use these every day, they are still much, much gentler than a sulfate shampoo. But you know what they're also leaving behind? Maybe some excess dirt and oil, maybe lots of minerals in your hair. And when I realize this, when I'm standing in that aisle in Target and I'm looking around and I'm like, sulfate-free, 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 I'm like, oh shit, everyone is using sulfate-free shampoo. I looked at every single bottle on the shelf at Target and literally herbal essences and not even all of them, but Suave were the only ones I could find that had sulfates in them. Even Suave had a sulfate-free formula. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, literally everyone is using sulfate-free shampoo. And so all of these scalp buildup, hair buildup issues, I wonder, would they be resolved if we just used an old school sulfate cleanser? And so then, then you think like, okay, so what's the, what's the toss up here? What do you value more? Well, shoot, I want my hair color to last long, but I also don't want product buildup or mineral buildup in my hair. So there are products that you can use these days that are like boosters for your shampoo. Some of them come in the form of 
like scalp scrubs. Um, now they don't have quote unquote sulfates in them, but a lot of the times they will have a different salt in there. And I think that salt will act as kind of a similar, um, ionic pole on some things. And then there's other products that are made with other, um, I'm going to just call them chemicals because I don't know exactly what they are, but it's like treatment protocols that you can use on your hair to pull out hard water buildup. And although these products are lovely and they definitely work, man, you got to keep up on them on a regular basis. So I just wonder if a lot of us would be happier just using an old school sulfate shampoo. And I might get like completely ostracized for saying that because it's like blasphemy these days. How dare you? Sulfates are so bad for your hair color. Well, listen, girlfriend, so is a huge buildup of dandruff and minerals in your hair. So um, maybe I need to create my old, my, my old, my own shampoo and just go old school sulfates with it. I don't know. This is obviously just um, a theory of mine. I am not a chemist. I am not a researcher. I am just a stylist with boots on the ground for 20 years, and I know there has been a huge shift in the last 10 years. When I first started doing hair, people didn't have hard water buildup problems. People didn't have scalp issues. Or if they did, it was like an obvious medical issue. Like they had psoriasis or some sort of like, you know, thing that was like, oh, that's clearly a problem. Not like everyone I know that's like, man, I've got like this weird itchy, flaky dandruff that happens that didn't used to. So there's got to be something we're doing. And this just seems like the biggest, easiest, lowest hanging fruit. So what do we do about this? You guys, you got to help me here because I don't have a perfect solution short of making my own products. Um, maybe I need to do a little research and curate a list for you of some like super cheapo sulfate based shampoos and see if we can just do some comparisons, use them, see how your scalp feels, see how your hair behaves and feels. And then maybe we can have a general consensus and see if we're all like, yeah, dang, that's way better. Or if you're like crystal, you're crazy and my hair color is faded and my hair is dry now. Thanks. So that's that folks. Um, (laughs) it was kind of a lot. It was kind of fast paced, but that's kind of how my week has been. So welcome. And uh, still don't have an outro. So for now, I'm going to send you out by just saying thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And keep the marmots out of your car. Until next time. Okay, bye. Hey, friend. Crystal here. And I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. 
You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.